Good morning. You know, usually we say good morning to one another um, as a greeting, right? And it's good. It's all good. But what are we really saying when we're saying good morning? We are saying this is a good morning. It's an affirmation. It's a statement. And it echoes what God said in, this, in that beautiful creation story that we have, right? Where at every beat of the story, at every day of the story, God creates a new facet of creation and passes judgment on it. You know what his judgment was, right? It is good. It is good. Creation is good. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And so good morning. I'd like to just invite us all for a moment to just notice what it feels like to be alive. Take a big breath. Feel the pew that you're sitting on. Feel your clothing against your body. Now, how else are you feeling today? Are you feeling calm? Are you feeling suspicious? Is your mouth dry like mine is right now? No, but seriously, how, how can we feel as embodied spirits that we are, what it is like to be truly alive in this moment and in this place. And I would say, how can we carry that out through time, out of those doors, and embody the life that is within us? God tells us it's good, right? It's all good. But what about when it feels bad? There's the rub, right? And I love that figure of speech. I think it comes from Shakespeare, but he might have just taken it out of the common usage. But anyway, there's the rub. There's the friction. There's the world when it rubs up against us and things don't go the way we were hoping they would. People places, things, sometimes even our own bodies don't cooperate with us. And that's when we start to feel a little anxious, right? That's when we start to feel uncertain, uncertain about the goodness of creation, perhaps uncertain about the goodness of God, and perhaps uncertain about our own inherent goodness. It's when there's friction in our lives. And I don't know of hardly a day that goes by that I don't feel some friction in my life. Along with 
this incredible creation that is ongoing, that God tells us is good, in our lives, in human lives, comes uncertainty. It's just a fact. And we all probably have a pretty fair idea of how today is going to unfold for us. We've probably got some plans. We've probably got some hopes. We may well have some fears. And we don't have a clue if that's really how it's going to unfold. Now, that can be a little anxiety-producing, right? If we dwell on it, and I'm not encouraging you to dwell on it, I'm just encouraging, in fact, I'm encouraging you to revel in it. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and today is full of possibility. Along with uncertainty comes possibility. If we knew exactly how everything in this world works, if it was a mechanical machine, if it was a clock that God wound up at creation and then just let run, there would be no uncertainty. And in some ways, that might make us happy. But in some ways, I think that would make us much less abundant. It would make our lives less rich. Puzzling story that, Jesus, that we have of Jesus today in this reading. Um, this is typically, or this is traditionally in the church called Good Shepherd Sunday. Um, and we'll notice that in this reading, Jesus doesn't, claim to be the good shepherd, does he? He says he's the gate. And, well, to complicate matters, in the very next verse, he says he's the good shepherd. So, come on, Jesus, what are you here? The good shepherd? Are you the gate? Or... But this is, um, this is a really rich reading. I mean, it's full. It has a full cast of characters. Jesus, the sheepfold, the gate, a thief, a bandit, the shepherd, the gatekeeper, the sheep themselves, and a stranger. And the storyline, is there a storyline? Um, I mean, if there's one, I can't quite parse it out here, but maybe... Just maybe that's exactly what Jesus is getting at. We love stories, don't we? We in particular love stories that have a clean narrative to them, a clean narrative arc that goes from point A through point B to point Z, wraps everything up in a nice tidy little bow at the end. Uh, and it's especially good if there's... Uh, an uplifting moral at the end, too. These are kind of seem like the kind of stories that we yearn for, that we love. And I think that that's because this is the kind of story, that is the kind of story that I just described, is the story we would like to think that our lives play out, that they're 
a clean narrative arc, no uncertainty, with a nice tidy little moral at the end. Now, I could spend the rest of my time that I have with you here today trying to parse this one out, you know, trying to say, well, this is what the shepherd stands for. This is who the sheep are. Hmm, a gate, yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm not going to do that. Because I think Jesus is telling us in this little teaching that that's exactly what we should not do. We shouldn't try to make this story or our lives or creation into a logical analysis. It's much more mysterious and it is much more rich and abundant with possibility than that. Are we sheep? Are there any sheep ranchers in here? Oh, shucks. Well, okay, so you'll have to forgive me then um, if I say anything about sheep here that is just like completely wrong. <laughs> okay, are we sheep? Everybody's initial reaction, and mine too, is no, no, no. We are not sheep. Well, we probably have more in common with sheep than we would like to admit. First of all, we're creatures of God. We are created by a mysterious force that we have no control over. We're brought into this world. We're mammals. Sometimes we're dirty. Sometimes we're shorn. And sometimes we, and always, we are beautifully and wondrously made just like those sheep. It occurred to me when I was thinking about sheep that probably the closest any of us will get to a sheep um, in the present or the near future is a rack of lamb over at um, the Blue Lion. But... We, like sheep, I believe, crave security and crave community and we are, feel the most secure when we're in the sheepfold. And you know what the sheepfold is? It's a pen. It's an enclosure. If you want to think about it this way, it's kind of a box. It's where we're all in it together and we're all safe and secure in our habitual ways of being and in our common humanity together. It's a beautiful place. But what's Jesus telling us he is in this particular reading? He's the gate. He is the way that we can go, in, go out and come back in from this box that society has created for us and that we have created for ourselves that place of security, that place of uncertainty 
which is probably an illusion, but we love to live in certainty as best we can. Jesus is saying, you can go out and you can come back in, and I am the gate that will free you to go and go to new pastures, be nourished, and come back in and go back out and come back in and go back out. How does Jesus do this for us? Well, I'm thinking about all of Jesus' sayings. Love your enemy. Consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor do they something or other. I can't remember the rest of it. The first will be last, and the last will be first. And none of these things really make any logical, analytical sense. Jesus is inviting us to live imaginatively, to get out of this sheepfold every once in a while and envision a world and a reality that does not yet exist. You know, fantasy just makes things up and is is removed from the real world, imagination starts right here, right now, in the real world, and looks for potentials and possibilities and abundance. Abundance doesn't mean an extra car. Abundance doesn't mean an extra vacation or better Clothing, abundance is possibility, the possibility to live new lives, the possibility to improve the world. I was fortunate enough to get to go to Nicaragua with some of you um, in this room uh, on a mission trip uh, to support an organization called Amos. And Amos is such a beautiful organization because it sprung from the imagination of a Nicaraguan doctor who saw the people who were the least, the last, the most impoverished, and saw a way to organize and promote health in the remote villages and in and around Managua. And to me, it was such a beautiful example of how one person's imaginative idea, one person thinking outside of the sheepfold and thinking outside of the enclosure came up with possibilities and how he was surrounded by a group of people who recognized that there was an abundant life available and an abundance of energy and an abundance of love that they could spread and then set about and did it and made something 
new in the world, something that had never existed before, that improved the lives of people dramatically. I mean, that's a, it's a beautiful thing. And if you're interested and would like to hear, those of us who went on the trip are going to be uh, doing a presentation on June 11th in the underground to tell you what we experienced down there to share that with you. But I mean, that's emblematic and that's a big thing. But I think that all of this can pertain to each of our own lives as we live and breathe and are, are truly alive and open to possibilities Possibilities that probably don't make any logical sense, but possibilities that can change our lives and change those of the lives we love and can change those of the lives that we can't even imagine who they are. Good morning. <laughs> 